Welcome to Social Media Blues, a podcast for those who struggle with social media but can't afford to get out of it. I am your hostess, Elsa Figueroa, and this is today's episode. Welcome to Social Media Blues. This is today's podcast. It's Friday, September 13th, because I've been super busy working on some projects for my studio and um, my translation projects. So I didn't get a chance to record yesterday, so I apologize for that. But here I am today. And um, before I start with today's topic, I just wanted to talk about what I'm bothered by and what I'm excited about. So um, the other day I was scrolling through Facebook, which I very rarely do these days. It usually happens when I go in to post something for my studio or to check on my comments or notifications. And um, I saw this thing that was like a news item and I was attracted by it because it has a picture of Angelina Jolie's child, one of Angelina Jolie's and Brad Pitt's children on the left, one of the adopted ones, um, or the adopted one, I'm not very well versed in Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt's family. So, um, Uh, but it's one a picture of one of their children as when he was little, and then on the right a picture of her with him as he's grown into a teenager, I guess. So it says underneath, it was an especially emotional day for everyone, and I was like, oh my god, this is like, I don't know, it's like catnip. Like, of course this works, right? So I clicked on it. <laughs> And I started reading through the news item and she talks about very openly about Brad Pitt and because, you know, they split up and it seems to have been related to how they were raising their children or the way they were communicating with their children, something like that. So um, I started reading through it and she talks about that. But then she starts talking about this um, company that she started, um, which is like a keto products company. And she's... I noticed that she talks about how um, Brad Pitt wanted to be part of it at the beginning, but she didn't let him because she wanted it to be 100% women-owned and just by women for women. So she didn't let him be part of it, and he was actually very upset about that, she said. So I'm reading through this, and then they start giving more information about this company, and I realize, oh my God, this is an ad masquerading as a news article, I mean, news article, celebrity news article. And I was so like immediately taken aback because I'm like, I fell into that trap, but it was very well hidden. I just looked at the picture and clicked on the, on the title and I did not even look at who posted it, who posted it or anything. I just went right in there and I started reading and That's how they catch you. And I guess it's effective because it's working in terms of getting people to not realize that they're being sold something until it's kind of too late, until the information is already implanted in your brain. So they got the real estate that they wanted. But um, I just don't like it because it seems very manipulative. And I think part of my struggle and, and part of the reason why I created Social Media Blues is because how do I exist in that space of 
trying to market to people, trying to get that real estate. And yes, I mean, you get, I guess you have to have some manipulation, but doing it in a way that I find ethical and that supports my values. Very tricky. Anyway, so that's what I was bothered by this week. And what I'm excited about, I have decided to start working on a brief history of social media series for Social Media Blues. Guys, it's going to take a while, so it's not like it's going to be next week or next week or the week after that at all, because I'm an overthinker and I have imposter syndrome. And of course, I'm going to have to go and read a gazillion books before I even start opening my mouth about the history of social media. So I want to do my research and um, offer you something thorough and well thought out and of, of, of course, you know, worked through my filters, um, through my personal interests and my own ideas and my own interpretations and analysis, but, you know, as objective as possible. So um, just announcing that, putting that out there, that I is a, that is a project that I am working on for Social Media Blues in some not so distant future. <laughs> so I'm excited about that. And I'm excited about the um, Halloween party for my studio. I called it Pennywise Funhouse because this ch chapter two of it just came out and I am loving it. I read the novel many years ago and it's one of the creepiest, scariest things I've ever read. And, you know, I grew up watching the movie, the, the older movie. And so, you know, but I, I seriously love this new adaptation. Bill Skarsgård is so perfectly cast. I cannot understand how... I mean, that is casting perfection. Anyway, moving on to today's topic. So, today I am talking about the topic of what am I actually selling? What am I even selling on social media? And today's episode is a little bit more business-oriented than self-care-oriented than previous episodes because here at Social Media Blues, I like to provide a good mix of both content that is critical of social media and more specifically our relationship to it, as well as social media con management content for people who struggle with social media, like myself, whether because you're an introvert or you're not terribly good at marketing or you think that you're not good at sales or whatever reason. So. One of the ways that I have found to get a better handle on my social media marketing and utilize the tools available has been to see it as a content creation job, something I can get much more behind of than if I were to simply call it selling or marketing or advertising. Marketing is about content creation, but if I see it simply as selling or advertising, then, to be really honest, I will have a much harder time doing that because I have it in my head that I am not a good salesperson and maybe that's a thought that I need to work on, but I think I'm, I'm not a person who's interested in sales or I'm not good at sales and I will eventually quit if I think of it as a sales job. What I do have in my head is that I am a writer and I am a creator and I love, I enjoy good design even if I am not a designer a professional designer. 
I've always loved art, I've always consumed books and films and shows and comic books and graphic novels and artwork at museums and galleries and theater and dance shows and music shows. So, I beca so because I enjoy all of those things and I consume them on a regular basis, I can turn my marketing efforts into a content creation endeavor. This actually helps me to show up at the desk every day, to formulate social media plans and to push out work because, oh, I'm creating stuff. I'm not marketing or selling or whatever. And if you're also struggling with your social media marketing efforts, like I have been struggling with mine, I encourage you to reframe advertising or sales as a content creation job. It's a lot more fun and it actually helps you think outside the box because you're not thinking as a salesperson, you're just pitching something. You're thinking as an artist and as a creative person and thus you might come up with ideas that you would not otherwise have. Just saying. So today I would like to talk about defining your product, service or business. Now, before I begin, I need to make a huge disclaimer and please listen to this. Neither I nor Social Media Blues are presented or sold as a resource to help you become a better marketer. I am probably as clueless as most people out there about how to sell and market on social media. Maybe I have a better idea than the average person. I'm simply doing the best that I can and though I am learning by reading, listening to podcasts, watching YouTube videos, getting coached by people who know a lot more than me, I still consider myself very much a beginner when it comes to social media marketing. I'm not social media guru, not trying to be at all. I'm just basking in the struggle. I only know, like I said, a little bit more than your average consumer, someone who's using social media as a consumer, purely as a consumer, that doesn't actually try to advertise events, classes, or anything. But I am not an expert in any way, shape, or form. I am also not a business coach, nor do I intend to be. I am a business owner, and I think there's a huge difference. It's like those people who like lose weight and they try to say, I'm going to help you lose weight. Pain. It's not like your friend saying, oh, this is what I did. This Here's what you can do, and I'm going to help you. No, it's someone who's selling you a service to help you lose weight because they lost weight doing it. But they actually haven't studied anything about nutrition or you know, fitness or whatever. So that, that's a difference. So you can own a business doesn't mean that you can be a business coach necessarily. I know what has worked for me in both my business adventures and what hasn't but I don't have a business management degree or a marketing degree. So everything I know, I've learned from experience and from my own very specific path. So I am not qualified or equipped to talk about what works for most businesses. Like I said, Social Media Blues is a platform that is more about sharing the insights I get along the way to building a brand and creating community and successfully promoting the events and classes that I want to create because I am interested in the process. I'm investigating the process and I am sharing it with you as I investigate it. And so today I want to talk about my recent journey into defining my business and how that has helped me clarify a lot of questions I had about where I am headed and how to get there. And hopefully this will spark something in you and it will help you in your own process. So I'm gonna begin with a small anecdote. 
regarding what I'm talking about here. So several years ago, I wanted to create a website for my uh, translation company, Castellan, and I um, engaged my partner, who is a an artist and does graphic design, and I wanted to create a website that was kind of artsy looking, really is, is what I was going for, but also very practical and also very um, business-minded, so to speak, and neutral-looking. So how do you do artsy that's also neutral without being cheesy and lame? Very difficult. I would say impossible. So I wanted to, deep down, what I really wanted was to attract clients that would hire me to translate their academic papers and their stories and their creative websites and whatnot. And I was also trying to create a website that I thought would attract more business clients that would bring in revenue. So I was again caught in that in between between making money and doing what I wanted. So I was this was several years ago, it was like 2013, so I was at the top of this very specific journey that I'm on right now that I'm I guess on the other side of, which is really leaning into my creative voice and what I want to be doing and following my passions. And so I was because I was starting on that journey, I was very much, very much not into allowing myself to do what I wanted to do. What I really wanted to do was hidden under layers and layers and layers and layers of guilt. And so I was not about to admit that that's what I wanted, that I wanted this artsy looking website to market translation services in the more social studies, social sciences, um, and creative spaces. I still wanted to attract the very business-like stuff. And so because I wanted to do all of that, the project never saw the light of day because I could never decide. I wanted to basically create a website that said, I can do this, but I can also do this and this and this and this and this. And don't forget about this. And at the end of the day, you know that that really doesn't work because when you're trying to catch them all, the only way to catch them all is to offer very low rates. And so I was like, I want to charge more, but I'm not a huge translation agency with all these resources. And so, but I also want to be doing this and this, and I also want to make money. So I wasn't really focused. And so I was never able to really finish the website. And I had all this copy that I wrote and I thought that I was going to have trouble with the copy and the copy just flowed out of me. And, um, but it was the graphic design, the visual aspect of the website that I just completely got stuck on and never got over. If I were to redo the website today, I would go about it very differently. But I'm not doing that right now. So um, this is advice everybody gives you, right? So at this point, most people have heard or have the intuition that in order to build a successful business or sell something successfully, you need to know what it is you are selling, right? Very specifically. I sell shirts. Okay, but what kinds of shirts? For whom? So that's like business 101. 
So instead of telling you something you already know and you've already heard, I want to talk about the process. Because at the end of the day, to be very honest, I've never found it terribly helpful when I have a problem or a situation, especially in business, and people, random people tell me, oh, you just need to do this or that based on what experience, I don't know. So yeah, um, how do I do that, okay? Process is everything and process is where I get stuck. So um, the thing is, ideas are not really a problem that I have. I can come up with ideas all day long. My issue is in the implementation side of ideas. I can come up an idea with an idea and I have to then examine it and see if I want to go in with it. So I've been thinking a lot about starting to do to sell t-shirts uh, through my studio, uh, maybe create a little web Etsy store. And I call it my fundraising efforts for 2020. <laughs> I, I thought about doing some selling some t-shirts for next year because I noticed when I was in New Mexico, I, I mean, I should have noticed this a long time ago, but whatever. Um, when I was in New Mexico, a lot of the girls who go there every year, they always bring their wares to sell. Um, one of them sells these beautiful handmade wooden mugs that her husband crafts. Another one sells jewelry that she makes. Another one uh, also sells jewelry. Um, my teacher herself makes these beautiful hand-painted um, leggings with very intricate and, and gorgeous original designs. And so I'm like, why am I not selling shit? Like, what the hell? So... Um, I, I said, okay, I'm not someone that I'm gonna go. I'm gonna start crafting something new from the from zero because I don't have any specific crafting skills like that with my hands. But I can make shirts. I can. I, I'm a, more of an idea person, so I can turn my ideas into t-shirt designs, and that's pretty doable. So. Um, Excuse me as I sip my coffee. So I, um, I decided that I want to make shirts. So for me, it's about first investigating how do I want to go about making the design. So I want to engage an artist. So I want to try to make them myself. Um, how much does it cost? What types of shirts do I want to, to, to make? Tank tops or... Um, other styles? Is it mostly for women? Is it also for men? Who, how, where am I going to sell them? How am I going to sell them? How am I going to take payment? How am I going to ship them if somebody buys them who's not here? How am I going to get the product over to the person, right? Because it's not a digital product. You actually have to deliver the shirt. So how am I going to do all of that? So all, I start go, trickling down to all of the specifics of I want to sell shirts, but it's not that that's just, yeah, okay. But what does that entail? How do I get from, I want to sell shirts to shirts sold. I made this much money basically, right? That's what I'm talking about when I talk about process. So even if you are stuck in the ideas department and you know, you were like, oh, but I'm not an idea person. I don't think ideas are not the problem. You can always Google it. Um, you can ask someone who's done it before. You can do some brainstorming, some creativity exercises. It's not so hard to come up with the ideas. The problem is 
seeing, following, following up on those ideas, following through with those ideas. So um, I want to create a lab environment, right? This is the way I see it. So I can test the ideas out a bit, like a scientist. So cre- creativity, somebody yesterday was telling me, oh, I'm just not, I'm not a creative person, you know? And I'm like, everybody's creative because what creativity is, is solving a problem. We will use creativity in order to solve problems. That's what, at the end of the day, creativity, ingenuity are solving problems. That's why we are, the human race is what the human race is. But um, you don't think of yourself as creative because you're always, because we're used to thinking of creativity as something that is for artists, for people who make art or make um, artisanal products. And that's not necessarily true. You can be creative in your work. You have problems in your work that you need to solve and you have to use your creativity to solve them. And she was like, oh yeah, people always come to me at work to solve problems because um, I just like try to figure things out. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's being creative. And she already identified herself as being that go-to person that everybody in her office goes to, to solve problems. So um, what an artist, I think, is, is someone who <laughs> invents their own problems. <laughs> I want, my problem is, I want to make this painting that has this. How do I solve that problem? Or I want to, I want to articulate this emotion into a painting or into a dance. And that's problem number one. And so from there, you start solving problems, right? So we don't really think of art as problem solving, but it is problem solving. (laughs) So anyway, and a lot of it is also, you can also see it as a science in a way, as experimentation. You create a testing environment, like I said, to test things out. So in a way, an artist can also has their own, their own process of experimentation. And that's what the creative process is, right? So a scientist of art. <laughs> so I want to test these ideas, whatever, you know, the shirts, for example, not because it's so revolutionary, everybody sells shirt. Um, you know, it's not like, oh, it's the most revolutionary idea. People won't know what I'm doing, so they won't understand. Or the opposite, the market is too saturated. My stuff won't sell because I can't compete. It's not about that. It's about testing them out primarily because I want to know. Ultimately, what I want to know is, are they worth the time, money, and effort investment for me to pursue them? So, would it be possible to run it at a small scale in order to investigate what it would actually entail? What are the potential hurdles? So, try it out in a small scale, contained, so that if any obstacles or problems arise, you can quickly contain them. And then you already know what the potential hurdles or what the actual hurdles are. And also, how much effort would it all entail? Is the effort worth it for me? I.e., okay, this thing entails effort, but I discover it's lots of fun and I actually enjoy the work. So apart from the monetary investment, 
Um, am, am I willing to put in time and energy getting it off the ground? And look, I've already talked before about how I don't really like focusing only on numbers. You can do that job that pays really well and doesn't even take up much of your time, but it makes you absolutely miserable. I've mentioned uh, the book Bullshit Jobs that explains it all really well. So go read it. But there's many ways to make money, right? Um, what does the process of making that money look like, though? I think that was one of the at least initial takeaways of Breaking Bad. You have this know-how that allows you to make this product, um, which is illegal. <laughs> but what does that process look like? It, it's full of hurdles, right? And I, we saw in that first season that struggle of, okay, you can make this, but that's not the point. The point is, how are you going to get it to market? How are you going to deal with the competition? How are you going to do it in that case with the illegality of the activity, etc., etc.? So what are you going to do when the hurdles come and they will come? What will you do? Will it still be worth it in spite of the hurdles? So this is why I personally prefer to ask, what do I want to be doing with my time and energy? And yesterday I heard this really wonderful quote, um, uh, not quote, anecdote, <laughs> but I heard somebody was, was talking about this homeopath that she went to and she was like, I really loved her because... She said, I also like to, to see commitment from my clients. If I see somebody who's just paying me money but is not willing to commit to what we're doing, then I just don't waste my time with them. You know, I think about I could just be making money off of this person, but I want to also be productive with my time. And I think that is so helpful and it's, it's not something that we ask very often. So defining your brand and product is intimately tied to what you want to be doing. Because, and I, I, I go back to the idea of, okay, you can have a job or have a business um, or have both, but because not everybody can have their own business, right? There's this point part of resources, there's this part about education, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, there's, there's different circumstances for everybody. So this idea that anybody can just quit your job and start having a business. Okay. But is it worth it in the long run? Or is it better if I just stay in my job? So those, those, those things have to be a conversation that you need to have with yourself. I'm not the type that will be like, just quit your job and go sell whatever. Like that's not, something I advocate for. So, because um, ultimately everything is about resources. Money, of course, but also energy, time, relationships. So what are you sacrificing in the pursuit of your goals? We have a very goal-driven rhetoric that is highly beneficial to the hyper-capitalistic economy of today, but hardly ever do we stop to ask why why am I doing this? Why am I, who am I doing this for? Where am I headed? Do I want to go there? So regarding those shirts, I am having a blast so far. I haven't invested any money. Um, I discovered I enjoyed the process of managing a small t-shirt production project. A couple of years ago, I was helping my teacher 
put out some shirts. I enjoy the work of going back and forth between the artist and her, of calling up different printing places, getting a quote, etc. And though it was a time crunch and that made it stressful, it was still enjoyable. I don't have a time crunch now, so I think I can just enjoy the process a little bit more. So I've already experimented with that idea and I know the process is fun and the potential for revenue is good enough to justify the investment. I mean, shirt printing is not a huge passion project. I wouldn't do it unless I was either using it for promotion or to make money, but it's a fun way to make an extra buck for me. There are activities that are not an investment in terms of money, but they are in terms of goodwill, promotion, or personal satisfaction, like volunteering. So what are you putting in and what are you getting out? It's not always money. So once you start asking, what do I want to be doing? Then you can use that as a jumping off point for your brand. I decided that I wanted to lean into having a belly dance academy with several weekly classes and performance opportunities. So I, I just called it that. I, I added that Belly Dance Academy to my Instagram profile, along with the other things that I want to be doing, which is rental space for rehearsals, shows, and workshops. And that's it. And I just simplified it a lot. And that narrowed things down a lot for me. And it allowed me to start streamlining my content process a little bit better. So if I were to redo that translation website today, I'd definitely focus on what I would like to be doing. What would I like to translate today? How can I target those clients the best? So before you ask, what am I actually selling? Ask yourself, what do I want to be selling? And even if you have to change the, um, change the story a little bit, right? So I was just talking with a, a, par a partner about her yoga classes and I was telling her, hey, we need to we can maybe target the yoga classes as a, as a stretching opportunity for all those gym rats that are always, you know, working their muscles and not stretching enough. And you want to be teaching yoga classes. You don't want to be a stretching instructor. But the stretching thing is a marketing thing that is in support of the yoga. Hopefully, the idea is that as people go to yoga, they discover that they actually enjoy all the other aspects of it and all its other benefits. But the stretching thing is just to bring down that initial barrier. So how can I start taking what I currently have then? Um, so what is my vision first? And how can I take what I, what I have right now to move it towards that vision, to what I want to have, to what I want to be doing? This is ultimately a conversation with yourself about what you love most. I love dance, I love language, I love stories, I love collaboration, I love looking at other people's potential and their expertise and figuring out how I can help them develop that. I love good art, notes, forms, visual, film, movement-based, photography, music, design, and I love connecting with others and connecting others around art. I am fascinated by how many YouTubers are using the platform to create something amazing and use it as a stage for their art and their knowledge. I love talking about technology and thinking about the challenges that computerized technologies present for the human experience. I love geeking out in history and how the interplay of different cultural and sociological processes lead to specific social contexts. And I absolutely adore thinking and talking about the creative process 
how people's personal experiences shape their art, and what things artists do in order to make a living. So I knew about myself that I love all of those things that I just listed, and I currently have a space that is laid out as a, let's say, modular performance art space. We have a floor that is good for both classes and shows. We added mirrors that can be covered by curtains, and we have a small room in the back that was originally developed as a recording studio and which I am currently working on converting into a video recording studio for content creators. In the future, I want to be making content because I absolutely love content on YouTube, making videos about the creative process from my space, interviewing other artists, showcasing their art, and cultivating a community around the process of art making and supporting each other in our combined struggles. So, there's what I currently have, and I am right now in a tricky spot in which I'm trying to come up with ideas for revenue generating activities that will support that vision and also are tied into that vision somehow. So shirts are pretty neutral in that regard because you can just make them artsy in my case. So it's important for me to layer that vision of an artist community somehow into everything I do, from the colors I pick to paint the space, the decoration, the way I laid I lay out the space to my design for flyers, my messaging, how I address my students. It's all being carefully curated to the best of my ability, right? It's not like I'm a masterful curator, but I'm, I'm working on it um, in order to create that, that sense of, of a, an art space. And I know I'm not there yet, but I know that's where I want to be. And that makes the process a lot more focused and enjoyable. Look, you don't need to own a business. You don't need to sell your stuff. But if you do, then it's important to constantly think about, is this what I wanna be doing? Because you might be doing something that you don't enjoy for now just to make money, but eventually that's gonna eat into your, let's say, stamina in the long term. So you're gonna either reach burnout or you're gonna lose your passion or something's gonna happen where that passion, that energy, that project is gonna be short-lived. I know this from experience, let's say. So thank you very much for listening. Um, I would very much love to hear what you have to say regarding this topic of what am I actually selling? What are you selling? And, and how are you working to define that? What is your process to define what you're selling? Or if you're already there, if you've already defined it, share with us how you've already done it. So you can send me an email to socialmediabluespodcast at gmail.com or you can also DM me or leave a comment in my Instagram page at socialmediablues. Thank you so much for listening and remember to rate this podcast if you love it and maybe leave a review. I would be very, very pleased to hear what you have to say about this podcast. Thank you so much again for listening and have a wonderful weekend. Bye.